All right, guys, we got Nick and Anthony Abruzzi, operational managers of Abruzzi Floors, based in where I'm from, the native homeland, Long Island, New York. I know you guys do a lot of work in the city as well. We connected with Nick and Anthony in the Top Contractor School in Hollywood, Florida, which was an awesome event of some of the top contractors in the country. And what really stuck out to me with Nick and Anthony is that they have really found a way to master the art of working in a family-owned business and make it successful. It's not easy to do. I grew up in that environment, and my brother and dad make it very hard to, to work together. And so you guys are an inspiration on that front. Welcome to the podcast, boys. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Glad Thank to be here. for having us. Absolutely, man. So tell us a little bit more about your stories. Give us a little bit of background, and then we'll hop right into it. Yeah, sure. So I'll go first. You know, we were always involved in dad's business from an early age. Probably started, it's hard to pinpoint an age, probably 13, just on school breaks, winter breaks, summer breaks, you know, hauling cement bags, whatever, whatever was needed. But it wasn't until we both graduated college that we jumped on full time, which was, I think, 22 for me and what, 21 for you. So at this point, it's been about 10 years full time for me and 11 years for Anthony. And just always, we're always taught hard work pays off. Dad led by example from day one. He's missed a lot of, a lot of birthdays, a lot of parties, a lot of, a lot of things, celebrations going on in life. And just because he was working. So he just led by example from that. So, so that has stuck with us to this day. So that's, that's kind of, you know, our work background. And we just hit the ground running full time at 22 and 21 and been going ever since. And when did you realize that this was something that you wanted to get into? Because I'm assuming growing up, maybe it wasn't like an immediate thing of like, hey, I want to just join dad's business. Or maybe it was. What was that point of like, hey, we're going full tilt onto this thing? I think for us, well, for me, I know that I had always wanted to. So long story short, our parents wanted us to go to college. And we were like on the fence. We're like, All right, I guess I guess that's what you do. You go to, you, you know, after high school, you go to college, you take that course. But we always had an interest in the business and we always liked working with dad and we liked being on different job sites and stuff like that every day. So after we went to college and we tried the corporate environment, we said, no, this isn't this isn't for us. And then we we always were having fun and, you know, loving working in the field. So we we knew from that point, like we tried it and it wasn't for us. And now that we're fully committed into the business after college and our, you know, corporate experience, we were like, you know, fully bought in. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, what are your roles in the business? How are you guys making it work? Like, it's definitely not easy to do, especially, you know, blue collar family. I'm from Long Island. So I know how us Italians operate. Our dads are still stuck in back in the old age of like how things are done. How are things working for you guys? How have you guys made it work? What does that look like? Yeah, so that was um, that was something it took us a long time to figure out and learn for ourselves because for the first probably five or six years of, or maybe even more, seven years of us being full-time with the business with dad, we were all doing everything together, which there was no accountability on, you know, to hold someone accountable to do things. So we were just dropping the ball on a lot of different things because everyone was unsure on who was going to do it. It wasn't until COVID where we kind of like restructured everything and figured out like, okay, you know, Anthony, you're best at this. You focus on that. I'll take the office end, takeoffs, estimates, invoicing, all, all that type of back end stuff. 
where Anthony is more in communication with the guys and our project manager on site, letting them know what, you know, the tasks are for the day, what needs to get done, what happened last night, um, and just walking the jobs themselves, making sure that everything is on schedule. And dad is, he's doing all that as well. We keep him out of the office work. He hates doing the office work. So, so that was a big, big thing. But yeah, he's out there selling jobs still, making sure that, you know, what the client is looking for, we deliver the right spec to. And then from there, he passes it down to Anthony and myself, and we break off and do our, our respective tasks. What are some of the biggest things you see family-owned businesses you know, miss, miss the mark on? Is it, is it the roles and identifying what those roles are? And what do you typically see really, really successful businesses like yourself doing differently than the other family-owned businesses? Well, I would, I would say it's, it might not even come down to family business. It might just come down to business in general where mm. people, they, they tend to be like the, the person that wears every hat. And then they don't seek to, like Nikki saying, say to delegate and make sure that people have accountability for different sectors of the business. I think that's a huge thing. And also what I see, like the way I could talk to my brother and my dad is way different, in my opinion, than I would talk to like a partner or something. Exactly. Like that. You know, like I, I don't talk to my brother the same way I talk to my friend. I I'm able to express things to him differently, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Cause you know, family businesses, the first thing you hear everybody say that where it went South was always like, Oh, I, I would always argue with my brother. I would always argue with my dad. I would always get in fights with them where like, you have to understand that that is part of the dynamic and, and how do you adjust to like, make sure that that doesn't become a detrimental part of the dynamic and you, and it works in your favor because you could talk to your brother differently than anybody else. Yeah. That's awesome. And so what does growth look like over, you know, the COVID stint to now, where do you see it going and how are you managing that growth? Yeah. So, um, since COVID we've, we've definitely ramped up our reading that we've been doing and our podcasts that we've been listening to, which have just, you know, put us on a, on a new trajectory for us. It's just totally caused us to refocus and, and rework the inner structure of our business. So like since COVID, we restructured, we got new office computers, all new software for takeoffs, things like that. Our cash flow has been much better because now we're actually on top of it with a, with an updated accounting system where, you know, we're growing on social media. So more and more people are reaching out to us, whether that's clients or employees that are reaching out to, to, to want to work with us. So we're growing just by word of mouth from either clients or employees, like I said, that, that want to work with us. We're leaning into our guys more, asking if, if they have, you know, anyone that they would recommend to, to work with us because they already know exactly how things get done here and what we expect. So they're like the perfect recruiting uh, recruiters that we could ask for. So yeah, just growing from the office out, someone once said to us, and it makes a lot of sense. And, and that from that point, we're able to, you know, hire more people and train them up. And our guys are, are so structured and, and organized in exactly how we, you know, want things to get done that they, they just knock it out of the park with, with the field work. I love it, man. I love that answer because a lot of people, especially in blue collar type businesses, don't like they overlook the importance of personal development, reading, leadership. 
And those are the things that stuck out to me the most when you guys were getting interviewed at TCS was that you guys barely talked about like systems in the business or how you go about generating leads and stuff. That stuff takes care of itself over time. Making money and making revenue is relatively the easy part. It's about the sustainability and how to actually grow an enterprise level business when it comes to investing back into your team, you know, leading a team, growing the team, also working through the dynamics of each other through your own personal development. So how big of a role has personal development played in your guys' world? And what does that system look like for you guys? Oh, I mean, it's, it's tremendous. It, you know, like, like John Maxwell said at the, at the event, you have to have a plan for growth and through personal development. I think without personal development, we would still be just flapping in the wind and going whichever direction we, we would be going and not having a direct course of, you know, we, because of personal development, we have goals now. Goals, not only financially, but like I said at the event, you know, to be better in every way. Fathers, brothers, leaders, bosses, whatever you want to, whatever you want to, um, categorize it as. And that only comes from developing yourself and, you know, reading books, listening to podcasts like this and, you know, just having a path instead of just going whichever direction life takes you. Yeah. I, I like that. And getting it, I feel like it allows you to get really clear on where you actually want to go because then you're not just building a business to make money, right? You're building the business to earn the freedom to do the things that you actually want to do. I'm sure there's more things that you like to do than just like help put floors down for, for, for other businesses, right? Or other, uh, you know, people that have apartments. It's, it's an awesome vehicle to get you to where you want to be, but without the personal development, without reading books, without the networking and talking to other people who are where you want to be, it just becomes another high paying job as opposed to actually building a business for the freedom. So I, I love where you, where you guys just put that out. Landon, what you got? Yeah. Well, so what kind of content are you absorbing? What, what are some, what's some examples of some content that transformed the trajectory of, of your lives personally and, and, and obviously as, as business people as well? Yeah. So for myself personally, it, it started back, I think when, when I was 24, 25. So I was a couple of years into the business. I found Gary V and at first, like he says, you know, I wasn't sure about him. So I kind of like wrote it out a little bit and then figured out like he was delivering such good content that I absorbed every single thing I could. So for us, we have an hour and a half ride into the city. Then we would work for eight hours and then an hour and a half ride home from the city. So that was just like 10 hours at least a day that I was just absorbing whatever he had. And, and he was the one that really totally switched gears for me and, and took me from an employee mindset to, you know, an owner mindset. And, and that's where I started. And from there, I found Andy Frisella, Ed Milet, Lewis Howes, of course, Tony Robbins, and all those guys, but, and Jocko, of course. Jocko, the leadership thing, and again, getting back to what John Maxwell always says, everything rises and falls on leadership. So that is like, if anyone's looking on where they could start, you know, how to start their personal development journey, anything to do with leadership, anything from John Maxwell, Jocko, that is like a great place to start because from the, from leadership, you could do whatever you want in life, whether that's have a better relationship with your wife, your kids, or grow a business or just be a better friend. You know, being the best leader that you can is definitely, definitely the place to start. And from there, you could branch off however you want it. So right behind you guys, I'm seeing a picture of the two of you with Andy Priscilla and it looks like Ed Milet. What's the story there? What's the, what's the background on that? So 
we're members of Arte Syndicate, which is their, which is Andy and Ed's mentorship program. And that was, that picture was taken at Andy's house when we went to an Arte summit in May of last year. So it's a really great group of guys and girls that all come together and just learn for three days and have, you know, learning sessions, dinners, lunches, and, you know, it, it really, a lot of growth happens at, a, at an event like that. Yeah, that was the first, that was, that was the first group we joined, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was the first one we joined that, that, that was probably after I found Gary, that was probably like a year, year and a half later, we joined that. And then that just surrounded us with people that were on the same, you know, personal development path that we were and just took off from there. Yeah. And that's the question I have. Cause I was like, I was talking about, I had a really deep conversation with my brother today. He was really missing the mark. Cause I was really talking to him about, you need to start amplifying your leadership and the things that are non quantifiable that over time really help you build a sustainable business. And some would say, you know, you guys operate in the state of New York and you're doing construction. You're flying all over the country paying. It, it's not cheap to attend these summits. It's not cheap to be a part of top contractor school in Arate. Where have you seen the rate of return? Because it's not quantifiable. You're not probably getting a ton of business from those events. But how have you seen that really exponentially grow your business? And I know the personal development side, but also what are some things that you take away from those summits as to what I really want to get out of this answer is I want people to be inspired that they might not see an immediate path to creating an ROI to these large investments, but there is one. So, so what's your take on that? Yeah. So, I mean, just one of the things, it, sometimes they, it is hard to see an, a direct ROI, but through personal development and these types of groups, I mean, we've totally cleaned up, um, you know, direct roles within the business. So we, with that, we've seen an increase of, of happiness from all of our guys because they're not confused. They're, they're, they totally understand of, of what's expected from them and what we're going to deliver to them. We've increased our, technology side of it where we're where we have documentation of job sites where you know what everything looks like what needs to get done so there's cleared clear outlined steps for them to you know to follow with all you know contact information on who they need to speak to for us for a while you know we didn't know anyone's schedule more than a day at a time but now the guys were through personal development and learning how to be better leaders we're able to give them like a week snapshot at a time and and in Manhattan, where there's so many moving parts, that's about as long as as we can go at this point. Because we we might step on a job site today, and then the super tells us that we need to pull off tomorrow. So then it's just like restructuring and replacing guys on new job sites. But but for us, at, at any given time prior to personal development, it was like maybe 12 hours where the guys you know had a heads up. But now they pretty much have a anywhere from like four to five days notice on on where they might be. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, business aside, you, you want to talk about ROI in your life in general, getting in groups like the, like Arte, top contractor school, when you're surrounded by people that are like you, because sometimes in business, like you don't, you, you feel like you're in a silo all by yourself. And when you open yourself up to all of these other people that you can have that you've never met before but we'll talk to on the first time that you meet them to the point where your voice hurts and they're like your best friends, the ROI of that meaningful relationships and 
showing you what's possible because like you go to these events and you know, you meet people that are doing tens of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars a year in business. And it really shows you what is possible out there because sometimes like even in our business, like we'll go out to a house in the Hamptons and it'll be this you know, $30, $40 million house. And be like, wow, how, there's no way. How do you even do this? And then you get around the actual, because you don't have access to that person. Then you go to these events and you have actual access to people that are those people. And you they show you how it's possible through mindset, through strategies, through how to grow a business. It's it's the probably the most important thing you can do. And like you said, it's not quantifiable necessarily when you're looking at a ROI, you know, how do, how do you how do you find it? Mm-hmm. That's such a great point, because a lot of people think ROI in terms of like dollar amount, which is one way to think about it. But that's only if you're calculating success based upon net worth. But what about net life? Right. How is my happiness or my health or my relationships getting better? And that's really the only way, especially when you're in a high performing business like you guys are, because I have to assume that the people that you grew up with back home just aren't on the exact same path that you're looking to be on. Right. So you have to be surrounding yourself and forcing yourself into those circles, just like we had to do, because it's not that we don't love our friends back home, but it's that we have to branch out because of the fact that it's a lonely path, like you had just said. So I love that, man. Now, we're, you know, you guys are crushing it in the business. I love what you guys are up to, but you guys aren't yet owners of the business. What does that look like from a vision standpoint of taking over the company? What's the time frame on that? What's your dad's opinion? What do you guys look at uh, from an exit standpoint? Yeah, so that's definitely something that's discussed. You know, we're very fortunate to have our dad as our a our dad be our leader in the business because he understands that we're reading books listening to podcasts, a part of all these different groups. And he gives us a ton of rope to just run with it. We'll, we'll come to him with an idea like, Hey dad, I think we should do this. And I'll say, okay, go do it. And you know, ultimately this is his baby that he's started from scratch and he could easily just pull back and be like, Nope, we don't do it that way. We do it this way. But so he's in the last five years has allowed us to really just run with it. And, and he's just, blindly trusted us because of he he's gotten to know the people that that we're associated with so that's that's to come we don't want to um you know overwhelm him with with everything in all in one shot but yeah ultimately we'll we would like to just get start small with a smaller ownership and then eventually go from there to develop to you know more more ownership i love it man i love it and, you know that having that leash is not common especially with guys in our dad's generation because they, they, they sometimes, and I'm not saying this is your dad. I don't know your dad much, but they don't really see value in personal development. They think it's weird and it's like this wonky term for them. So for him to actually give you that type of leash and trust is really important. What does that look like on your dad's end? Like, how, how do you think he came to that conclusion? Has it always been that way? Or did you have to prove to him over the course of a couple of years that, Hey, you know, we, we can do this. I would say that dad always wants to learn himself not you know he always wants to know the the new technique of doing a particular floor or doing like he always likes learning and prior to being a flooring installer he was a landscaper and you want to talk about learning he went into every nursery and learned every plant by their latin name you know like so he he can go out and name all the plants and do all that kind of stuff and he did he took that learning mentality and took it into flooring and he could do that. He, he loves learning. So when he saw us 
wanting to learn and grow and develop the business, it was pretty natural for him. Yeah. And, you know, getting back to leadership, when, when we read these books, we'll send each other, you know, little pictures of what we just read. And dad does a lot of these things that we're learning in these books without even realizing it. So he's, he's a great leader just naturally without even, you know, learning about it. But he is of the mindset where he's like, if you have a different way of doing it, do it. And like, unless it's the complete wrong way of doing it, I'm going to let you know. But if it achieves, you know, the similar, the same outcome, we'll run with it. So he's, he's always been open-minded to different approaches to things. We never had to like, you know, earn his respect. He, he kind of gave us his, you know, the respect until we didn't deserve it. So it was like that, that way of that approach. What do, what do the next five, 10 years look like for, for you guys, you know, personally and as a business? So we're looking to obviously continue growing our in-house team, but as well as looking to lean into to subcontractors also looking to develop a, you know, a network of subcontractors that can, you know, handle work. We're looking to eventually in the next five to 10 years, branch out just outside of New York, looking to go really nationwide. And so that's, that's where we're going to lean heavy into subs. And, and in order to find these subs, we know that we need to grow our social media and our personal brands so that people come to us and, and we don't necessarily have to go to everybody. And by growing ourselves, we know that we'll attract like-minded people and people of, in the same industry. And, um, you know, just, just continued growth in business, financially, of course, personal development, being there for our, our, our daughters. We both have, you know, one daughter each and just being the best family men, business owners and leaders that we can be. And I think it also comes, you know, with, with our, our strategy for growth and has always been a win, win, win situation where we want to provide a win for the client, a win for the, people that we care for, whether it's subcontractors, team members, whatever, you know, whatever, and, and as well as the business. So three wins going every, every which way that we can in order to, you know, make sure that we can sleep easy at night and provide the best lives that we can for everybody that's involved in our sphere. I love that, man. And, and what I'm coming to find over the last couple of years, especially COVID accelerated this, is that a lot of like, you know, construction, home improvement, landscaping, the scalability piece is no longer you guys doing the work. It becomes like your ability to market and then subcontract all this stuff because it's so high leverage work. If you can consistently get jobs and you don't have to, you know, have the overhead of actually executing that and you have people that actually do it, you can just do a ton of ton of jobs and you just have a reputable name there. So branding's huge and that's what social media is for. So I love it because a lot of people are like, why would you need social media for a flooring company? Right. But the weird thing is, is like the more your personal brand grows, this flooring company is going to grow, which is crazy to even think about. And then you were just talking about wins and constantly finding, you know, ways to win throughout the day and throughout the year. Our podcast is called Consistency Wins. That's our motto. That's our MO. We would love to know kind of for the both of you, what does consistency mean for you and how does that show up in your life? I think it's something that we're obviously trying to, I guess, maintain more of in our in our life because a few years ago there was no consistency there was no consistency in our schedule there was no consistency on when we would leave our houses when we would come home there was no consistency on how often we would be in the office or when we would get a, a proposal back to somebody so developing those kind of patterns and level of consistency 
has been able to change a lot for us and we've only done it a little bit. So going forward, we want to continue to develop those correct habits and patterns in order to make sure that we continue on the path that we want to go down in the future. Great answer. Great answer. Good stuff, boys. Well, as we wrap up, how can our listeners follow you guys? Yeah, you can find us on social media, Instagram, Nick Abruzzi, N-I-C-K-A-B-R-U-Z-E is my personal. Anthony is A-N-T-A-B-R-U-Z-E. And our business page is Abruzzi Floors. It's, spelled, it's fully spelled out. We, we hyphen it and shorten it for our, our personal. It's too long. And anywhere, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be getting big into YouTube this year. So follow us on YouTube and LinkedIn and Facebook. I love it, man. I love it. Now, as we wrap up here, is there any last final words that you guys want to make sure our listeners hear? So I would say just like the overall like theme of the personal development thing, listening to podcasts like this is very, very important. I can't emphasize how important it is. You know, as we said before, listen to podcasts, have mentors, read books, you know, dive into yourself because that's going to be the best investment that you're going to make and unlimited ROI. Yeah. And, and get around like-minded people. When we, when we met you guys down in Florida, I mean, we, we just hit it off. Like, like we've been friends forever because there's no need to explain things to each other that are on the same path, right? Like I didn't have to explain, you know, why we do things. You guys are on the same path. You get it. It was just like, we just hit the ground running. So it's very big to get around people that, that are like-minded and, and are on the same trajectory that you want to head down. I love it, man. That's such a great point. Cause the more you personal develop, the more you get in alignment with the people that you want to be in alignment with. And it takes a lot less time to actually connect with them and continue to foster more relationships because we already knew your guys' story before we even met. And I don't know your full story, but like we were cut from the same cloth per se. So really great podcast guys. Appreciate all the feedback. Appreciate all the answers. I think it was very valuable. So we're, we're really looking forward to following your journey, connecting with you guys offline and we'll definitely chat with you soon. Absolutely, guys. Thank you. And, and you guys did a great job. I really appreciate it. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, guys.